Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I want to welcome you to our series of executive session interviews with top leaders in information security. Today, my topic is security staffing, the real crisis. It's my pleasure to be speaking with Horde Tipton, the Executive Director of ISC Squared. Horde, thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Tom. Horde, for several years now, we've been talking about a global staffing crisis in terms of information security professionals. From your perspective, what is the real shortage? It's really hard to put your finger on because, uh, from my experience over the last, um, actually probably 10 years, Tom, we continue to really underestimate just exactly what that shortage is. Uh, a lot of it uh, comes from not actually realizing just how short some of the uh, sectors are. And then at the same time, uh, technology has evolved so quickly that keeping up has created uh, just demands across the board. We also have had uh, a habit of kind of focusing on specific types of uh, information technology and information technology security talent when now we recognize and appreciate that that need goes way beyond just the IT professionals themselves. So, Hoyt, is it a matter that we don't have enough people or we don't have the right skills? It's a combination of both. And in the skills that we have, we often do make two mistakes. We put them in uh, in the wrong place. Uh, we don't do a thorough enough job of, uh, of determining exactly what those skills are. Our fields have become so complex that people outside of the core industry many times are not fully understanding exactly what that need is. So we're seeing much improvement in kind of assessment tools of uh, kind of narrowing down exactly where people's skills are. And if you hired that particular person, you really like their background and their basis, are they worthy of putting your, your scarce dollars into to, to further train them? And then we get new skills. And it's, uh, it's commonly said that the top five jo- or top ten jobs actually today were not even on the top ten list five years ago. If I were a young professional coming up or if I were someone looking to make a career change, I've heard enough about the opportunities in information security. I'd be running toward those those positions and those opportunities. Why is it with so much publicity about the shortage that organizations continue to struggle to fill these roles? Well, we haven't done a fair enough job in actually communicating and describing what the actual IT professional of the future uh, looks like too many people have that notion that this is a uh, the kid in white socks in his mama's basement sipping Red Bull and hacking on a computer, and that's not really attractive to a uh, to a wide array of people, and it's uh, very far from the truth. There are need for people who are dedicated and focused like that, but it's not really a good description of the challenges of the excitement. Uh, the lucrative pay and all that can comes from honest work in, in the IT security community. And then the other part of that is the educational aspect of the people outside of uh, that immediate professional community that use these computers, the people who finance them, the people who get compliance with the policies on uh, uh, permissible use of the computers. In other words, I'm talking primarily about the business side. That's another exciting piece that we see is uh, 
the light is shining on and they're they're beginning to come along. Horn, switching gears, I'd like to talk with you a bit about ISC Squared. The organization has come so far since you introduced the, the CISSP certification. What would you say ISC Squared contribution has been to information security globally? I think uh, ISC Squared since 1989 has emerged as the unquestionable leader in this field. The visionaries that came up with the CISSP back in the early 90s advanced it to uh, where it became the first credential to ever be ANSI credited and internationally mapped to international standards. And it has continued to grow very, very steadily uh, since that time. It's very, uh, I guess, evolutionary is probably the, the word that I would put with it. Watching it grow, watching it change, and watching it get uh, worldwide acceptance has really been, uh, been a fascinating thing. And to see that the acceptance range from, well, you know, it would be a nice thing to have a CISSP, then it becomes, well, it's, it's actually preferred for this job, and now we see 48% of the job recs that are out there actually require a CISSP if you're working in the uh, the core security industry. So what would you say then is ISC Squared's contribution to the information security field? It certainly isn't, I don't want to say just the CISSP, I don't want to demean it, but it's not only the CISSP. Well, that's where the growth piece comes in. Uh, you, we started out as a certification organization. We worked hard to get the CISSP established, uh, polished, and refined to meet the base needs of what the security industry uh, has to stand for. And the fact that it has grown to 100,000 uh, members at this point, I think, is a testimony to the fact that it, it has hit the sweet spots of those knowledge areas and performance areas that security professionals have to have knowledge about. And then it further starts, though, the wheel turning for specialization within uh, those particular areas. If you want to specialize in architecture, then uh, you can advance beyond that. We since have grown also uh, and recognize that sectors are are needing this more than ever. And after three years of research, we launched an uh, educational program and a certification for healthcare. And we, we're doing this with partners is very important. So partners that we have in South Korea urged us to take a credential that they had developed on a uh, local level and to make it international in forensics. These are all very much uh, pride points within IFC Squared, and, and we take great pride in addressing a need that uh, is very thoroughly defined and is out there, and we also take pride in not just building something, uh, it's something out there seems to address the issue uh, sufficiently. Uh, in other words, we're not-for-profit, and we don't uh, necessarily uh, jump into competitive situations Maybe overlapping in some cases, but uh, we do not build uh, for competition purposes. Boy, you've used the word evolution. I'd love to hear you describe how ISC squared itself has evolved. Now, I know some years ago when you introduced the CISSP, you got some criticism outside the U.S. that, that the certifications were very U.S.-centric, and you've taken that to heart. Describe what ISC squared is today and where you see it headed. Well, uh, as I said, we started as a certification organization. 
the strength and the growth of the credential, I firmly believe, is the fact that uh, it is defined by uh, international standards because we we participate in the uh, international standards ISO body. Uh, one of our uh, our employees actually leads the uh, supply chain standard. It's uh, about to be to be completed on that here shortly. Our credentials walk the walk. They actually map to things that are required on an international basis. And this is why international governments uh, actually come to us when they see you at their country-specific credentials, such as South Korea. Uh, it's, just, it's just not really good enough, and they want to be broader than that. We have evolved again in recognizing that education is so vitally important for supporting the credentials and, and for giving something beyond just basic training to someone. Many times the training is for a specific purpose or a skill set. Uh, many times it's just to uh, prepare themselves for a uh, certification credential. Uh, the education, the, the more in-depth uh, academic portion, uh, is something that we have uh, we've invested in, and we have, I think, about eight people in our education department at this point. Six years ago, I came on, we, we really didn't have anyone in that area. We were simply certification-focused. So now we have partnerships with uh, academics, universities, high schools, and uh, even down into the grade school levels with the purpose of embedding IT security along with all the functionality that our kids are so rapidly picking up. And we want these kids to be prepared and educated and knowledgeable that it is an exciting career, as we mentioned earlier. What it really is and what it isn't, discourage them from going down the hacking road and getting into trouble, into mischief, uh, how to act responsibly, ethically, and professionally, and be prepared to hit the ground running when they finish their education, which uh, the great majority of them right now cannot do. Well, you've been around information technology and information security for a long time. I'd welcome your perspective on how the security profession has evolved in the time you've been in it. You're, you're right. I, I have been in the, uh, in the in the IT security or just IT CIO world for probably, I guess, maybe 20, 25 years now. And I had the good luck of being in the business world before that, which gave me a good framework for adjusting and making sure that the, uh, the technology enabled uh, things in the business, not just controlled it and was not uh, looked at as an administrative function, uh, which when I went into the field, that was uh, what uh, the business people looked at it as, well, it's just another administrative overhead type of thing. And then uh, I went to various stages where people learned that, you know, if we take your computer away from you or if a federal judge takes your computer away from you, uh, you can do your work. Uh, you don't do things by paper anymore. So we've, we've seen this, uh, the world become, a, I mean, 100%. But I don't use that very, very often. But we're basically 100% digitized at this point. And uh, it's, there's no going back uh, in doing that. So... The future belongs to those who understand computers, uh, who understand uh, electronic transmission of information. Even our crime has moved uh, off of the streets uh, in, in many regards, uh, particularly the financial part, and into the, uh, into the world of the Internet. So, Horne, one of the things we hear consistently following up on that is that the cyber criminal community 
is always a step ahead of the the, the White House, so to speak. That, that they've got great training, they've got great recruiting, they've got great quality assurance. Even what are they doing right that we can be emulating on the White Hat side? But we, we go through cycles, and when the nature of crime has changed to the degree that it that it has, uh, it's always going to be there. Uh, and there will be gaps. Uh, if you don't have enough policemen back in the days of Willie Sutton on robbing banks, they always have the advantage because they know when they're going to rob the bank. And, and, and you don't. You, you have to be ready for attacks and, and weak links and, and analyze every vulnerability that you come up with. So we always have to play defense on every port. They only have to get in, uh, get into one. So I, I, I see our, our current situation as we're, we're still basically people-oriented and people-weak uh, by not having enough and not having the right skills. But even if we did, we would we would still have issues because uh, security, uh, as with a lot of other things in business, is risk-based. And as long as it's risk-based, that means uh, you're accepting a vulnerability that uh, someone at some point is going to try to exploit. And you, you just have to have a, a very well-balanced team that can uh, uh, shortcut the mitigation time that it takes once, uh, once the inevitable happens on that, where you minimize your losses. And as any business does, if it costs more to abate a vulnerability than the actual breach of that vulnerability, then our advice is, well, you probably uh, should uh, stomach that vulnerability and uh, accept the risk for it. Banks and credit cards serve the best example that we can get anywhere. They know that they have to balance their risk uh, against the cost it takes to abate those risks. Hort, a final question for you. You've spent time with organizations such as Union Carbide. You were with the Department of the Interior. You've been with ISC Squared now for a good half dozen years. What do you look at as your legacy to the information security (laughs) profession? And not that you're going to hang things up today. Well, I hope to for too awfully long. <laughs> but uh, we always we always look back, and I always encourage everybody that I work with to, you know, as hard as things may seem today, as difficult as they are, always look back four or five years and say, well, uh, have we advanced? What changes have we have we made? And the thing I've always taken most pride in is I have changed jobs very often because I like new challenges. But for whatever reason, it, it seems I've always been in a good spot to uh, be tossed uh, in situations that, that need repair. Problem that needs fixing, as we say. You know, it's, it's kind of nice to be uh, tossed in a situation like that. Uh, first thing I always did was, okay, I, I need an assessment, the full study of benchmark if you will just how bad is it you get that set and then you know exactly what you have to do so i've been fortunate in being able to uh to correct a lot of system errors in a number of different places starting with uh, with union carbide so that's been kind of the story of my career is it looks like it's broken let's see if we can fix it and i've had very very good success in uh, in doing that and i've been very i'm very lucky and very grateful Hoyt, as always, I appreciate your time and your insight. Thank you for taking time to sit down and talk with me today. It's always a pleasure, Tom, and uh, I've enjoyed it very much. The talk with Hoyt Tipton is the executive director of ISC Squared. For Information Security Media Group, 
I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.